0: All suspected Ullamai-Kiram, brothers and elders, Allah, Allah declares in the Qur'an Sharif that this insan is very weak insanu that this insan has been created weak he is so weak that when he comes into this world then he is totally incapable of anything. He is incapable of feeding himself, cleaning himself, defending himself, doing anything for himself. Compared to many other creation of Allah Ta'ala, animals, a horse gives Foal is born, and barely in a within hours, it's already running around behind the mother. It's capable of taking those steps, and capable of defending itself. And likewise, many other creation of Allah wa Taala, almost as soon as they are born, they are already capable of taking care of this of their basic needs. But insan is so weak. Then as he grows up, Allah Ta'ala blesses him with various abilities, strengths and gradually he becomes very strong. He starts managing to use his faculty of thinking very well, he can think far ahead, he can think of very deep things and then all the technology that he will bring out. So Allah Ta'ala blessed him with this mind with this intelligence, with this aql. This intelligence Allah Ta'ala has blessed other teachers as well. Allah Ta'ala has blessed other makhluk as well. But insan has been blessed with this to the highest level. And as a result, he has become Ashraful Makhluqat. That the greatest of all of Allah Ta'ala's creation and the most noble of Allah Ta'ala's creation. But being that creation who has been blessed with this, Allah Ta'ala has placed certain responsibilities on insan, which other creation are not responsible for. And this responsibility Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah Ta'ala says, I have not created insan and jinnat, إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Except for my worship. So, insan and jinnat, these are the two creations that are being discussed here. The first insan was Adam, alayhi salatu salam. And in the jinnat, the most prominent, was the one who was known as Azazil, who then later became Iblis. The first insan, Adam he also totally forgot something and erred. He was given an order by Allah ta'ala, and it just happened that he forgot about what the instruction was, and he erred, he made a mistake. Likewise the most prominent of Jinnat was Azazil, at that time and he had become so prominent that though he was a jinn he became muallimul malaika he became the instructor and the teacher of the malaika he also was given an instruction otherwise so, was given an instruction he forgot and he erred so when he was questioned that how did you do this his immediate response was رَبَّنَا وَلَمْنَا أَنْفُسَنَا His response was total humility. His response was complete submission to Allah. Allah, my fault. I have. Whereas there was a total error. It was not a sin. The Qur'an Sharif Allah himself says that he forgot about it. He didn't do something deliberately. Quran Sharif is clearing anybody else's thought that might come. This was a total mistake. But his response is رَبَّنَا وَلَمْنَا أَنْفِسَنَا Oh Rabb, we have oppressed ourselves. That if you don't forgive us, and you don't have mercy upon us, you will become among the losers. So this was Adam's response. On that side, Azazil was given the instruction to make sajda to Adam, salatu So he started using his mind. مِنْ وَخَلَقْتَهُ Started using his mind against the command of Allah. Ta'ala. Like it happens up to this day and time, many times, clear-cut commands of Allah Ta'ala, clear injunctions of the Qur'an Sharif. But you'll get some who calling themselves Muslims, calling themselves people who believe in Allah Ta'ala, believe in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, believe in the Qur'an Sharif, will be using their mind against the injunction, the clear command of Allah Ta'ala in the Qur'an Sharif. Law of inheritance, this is not something left to anybody's discretion. Not something for the person to decide what he wants to do. This is something predetermined. Quran Sharif has already given the clear injunction: you In detail, and the law of succession, inheritance, this is a very complicated subject, also. You might even call it a dry subject. But in what a way the Quran Sharif discusses it. Ask the Hafiz of the Quran Sharif when he comes to it, how he also has to now be very very conscious, so that he doesn't mix up something. In what an eloquent way, and such a deep way the Quran Sharif has summarized this whole thing into one ruku. So the Quran Sharif has already clearly mentioned it but you'll get up to this time and age people calling themselves muslim and they will see that this law of the quran regarding inheritance i can't understand and this issue about two is to one that the male will get two shares and the female one share this doesn't make sense Now billahi min zalik this is something probably applied to the camel ages can't apply now now women also earning they also are independent and they have equal rights. All these kinds of things, against the clear injunction of Allah wa Taala. Now, this is what shaitan did. This is what brought Azazil to become Iblis. And that path of Azazil to become Iblis is still being followed up to this day. These are not hypothetical things. These are things that are sometimes happening in our communities. It are happening. From those quarters that sometimes our children are going to get education from. they have been told that this is something doesn't apply anymore. So this was the way of Iblis that he questioned Allah Ta'ala's clear command. And Adam, he also made a mistake, complete mistake, but he submitted in total humility. So what was the end result of Adam Allah Ta'ala then selected him. Allah Ta'ala made him his beloved. And Iblis started using his own intelligence against Allah Ta'ala's clear injunction. What was the end result of that? فَاخْرُجْ That you get out of this place now. No more this is your abode. You are forever accursed. So this is the two parts that have started off from that time, the part of Adam the part of Tawbah and Istighfar, and the part of Iblis justification, and trying to find some loophole, trying to use his own mind against the clear injunctions of Allah Ta'ala. So these are the two parts. So for a mu'min, the path of Tawbah is the path that he has to adopt. Tawbah at every level. and This is where his success of dunya and akhirah is. Even the barakat of dunya is in this Tawbah. وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا أَيُّهَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Allah Ta'ala says, all of you make Tawbah together so that you become successful. That success is not just a confined success a total success success of dunya and akhirat so this toba has various levels the first level of toba the basic level of toba is at the person makes toba and he returns toba literally means Tawbah to return the person went off the track he was driving he took the wrong turn. So now he returns to the road. He comes back to the straight path. So now, the same thing in life, that Allah Ta'ala's clear path, sirat e mustaqim leading to Jannat. a person went off the track, got involved in some disobedience of Allah Ta'ala. So, Toba from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala to the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Returning from disobedience, to obedience. Now, this is also something which needs to be understood, because sometimes our minds confine toba to various, as just some particular things. If somebody has involved himself in drugs, he must make toba. Indeed, he must. Somebody is drinking, he must make toba. Obviously, he must. Somebody is involved in a, he must make toba. He must obviously. Somebody is not performing his salah, he must make tawbah and start performing salah. So, indeed, these are major things. Getting involved in these kind of crimes are major crimes. Zina, drinking, gambling, lying, cheating, all these are major crimes. But if we look into the ahadith of Rasulullah we will find that. As major as these crimes are, there is something that is even more major than this. It's not that this should be looked at in a way that this is something minor. No, it's very major. I mean, what can we, how can we ever regard something as minor when the punishment of that in dunya, let alone akhirat. That if a person has committed zina and he was a married person, he must be stoned to death. He could have been disbeheaded. That's not good enough. He must be stoned to death. So one, one stone at a time will fall on him. His life will ebb out. And min al-mu'minin, And it must be done in public. So that everybody takes a lesson. This is the end result. So in any case, these are all major things. But if we look into the hadith of rasulullah sallallahu once the nabi sallallahu is riding and abu dharr may is with him the nabi sallallahu says that man qala la ilaha illallah mukhlishan dakhala al janna that the person recites la ilaha illallah he will go to jannat meaning he brought iman sincerely he'll go to jannat abu dharr may allah in his mind, it comes that is this being referred to no matter what, he'll go straight to Jannah. Is this what he's being referred to? So he, that's what he thought. So he asked the question, Wa in zina, wa in saraka? He'll go to Jannah, meaning straight to Jannat. Now this is not what he was meant. Now this was in his mind. So he asked, He'll go to Jannat, even though he might have committed theft, even though he might have committed zina. So Nabi Sala was saying, Wa in zana, wa in saraka. Even if he committed zina and theft, he'll go to Jannah. Meaning, if he didn't make sincere tawbah, he might have to bear the brunt of the azab. But his iman will eventually take him to Jannah. He will have to go through the cleansing process of Jahannam. But he'll eventually go to Jannah. That's the value of his iman. But Abu Zar radiallahu couldn't immediately fathom this. He is referring, he is thinking in his mind straight to Jannah. Whereas Nabi Sahasan didn't say straight. He said he'll go to Jannah. So he repeated it. Wa in Zanawa wa in saraqa? He Wa in wa in Yes, even if he's done these crimes, he'll eventually go to Jannat. For the third time, he asked the same thing. Eventually, Nabi, ﷺ, in order to quieten him, he says, He'll go to Jannat. Even if Abu Zar's nose gets rubbed in the dust, he'll go to Jannah. In other words, no matter whether you like it or not, he'll go to Jannat. This was just a mere expression to say that. He will go to Jannat, whatever it is, whether somebody else is happy about it or not. He went with the Iman from Dunya, he'll go to Jannah. Now the outward understanding of this Hadith is not that this is something minor. No. What is being spoken about is the value of Iman. That this is above everything. And if a person ended up in Jahannam, Allah forbid, but he has Iman, that Iman will still take him to Jannat. But then come to the other side. The Navees al talks about pride. That layad khulul jannah. Now the whole tone has changed. The tone there was, yes he'll go into jannah. With all this he'll go into jannah. And it comes to pride. Navees Laasam, layad khulul jannah. He won't go to jannah. Jurgen again is the same meaning. That he won't go directly to jannah. Unless he's cleansed himself out. That iman will still take him also, but the tone has changed completely. Layad khulul jannah, mankana fi qalbihi habbatim min min kibr. That person won't go to jannah who has pride to the extent of a mustard seed. That much pride. That me, I. Why was I not considered? Just overlook me. Just ignored me, now who am I, that now I felt so bad about it, that I, somebody knows, is quite an I, very big capital I, that's a capital offence in the terminology of the Hadith Sharif, layad khulul jannah, it has become a capital offence, that he won't enter Jannah, that person who has pride to the extent of a mustard seed. So now this Toba that we're talking about, what is making Toba from drinking and gambling and womanizing, all this is definitely compulsory to make Toba from all this. It is likewise equally compulsory and to a greater extent important also, to make Toba from pride, to make Toba from arrogance, to make Toba from jealousy, to make Toba from malice. To make Toba from all the evils of the heart. So Toba is a very comprehensive thing and all inclusive. Unfortunately, we confine it to few things. And when we make Dua and we make Toba also, we just make Toba from few things, selected things. Uh, somebody committed some wrong, he maybe made some ghibat, so he will realize that he made a sin, committed a sin. That too, unfortunately, how many times will try to justify our ghibat also. But some other things we will accept. Okay, acknowledge. I come a sin. But so many things we are not prepared to acknowledge that this is a sin. We are not prepared to accept that this evil lies within me, which I need to make Tawbah from. So Tawbah from all these things. So this is the first level of Tawbah. And then the second level of Tawbah. So this first level, making Tawbah from all the disobedience. And coming on to obedience. Whether that disobedience is not fulfilling the injunctions of Allah Ta'ala. Salah is not being fulfilled. Zakat is not being discharged. Or whatever other injunction. Or getting involved in haram. Whichever kind of haram. So to make tawbah from all this. Then the second level of tawbah is min al ila zikr, Tawbah from heedlessness to zikr, to the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. One is that employee who's looking at the time and then he sees it five o'clock or four o'clock, Because my duty is done. So he's working, he's doing whatever his job is, but as soon as it strikes five, if five is the time to knock off, then he's all finished, he's gone. Then anything can be happening, my time is up, I'm gone. So he'll get his salary at the end of the month, but there are times when There is expectation of him. This person, you know, there's a need now. If he spends a few minutes more and just sort out this last bit, his time is up. You can't fault him on that. His time is up. So he's gone. You can't fault him that he did something wrong. But there isn't that attachment with him anymore. He's a good person, fine. That's where it stops. But there isn't any attachment with him. Now, this happens with all of us all the time, in all our day to day things. Let alone our employees, our own children. Is that child? If you ask him to do something, he'll do it. And otherwise, he's in his world, you in your world. If you don't ask him, he doesn't ask you to. And then there's the other child. That he's forever asking, can I do this? And without asking, he's doing it also. Now, there's a world of difference between the two. That child who's all the time asking and doing things without asking also, there's a different feeling in the heart regarding that child. So we want that kind of situation for ourselves, from our children, from our employees, from our wives, from our anyone and everyone, but with Allah Ta'ala, at the very most we are generally wanting to just lock off on time. It's five o'clock, I perform my five salah, it's done. More than that, it's not not farz. How that farz was done too is another issue. So one is what is Zapta. To the extent of what is the basic requirement. So one is that employee looks at the watch. Or that child who, when he's told to do something, he'll do it. He won't refuse. But otherwise, if he's not asked, he's in his own world. And the other is rapta. There's a connection. There's a link. There's a relationship. There's a taluk. There's some love. So now that love is driving one to do beyond what is the basic requirement, when a person gets married, then the things that are necessary upon him is to provide a basic home, shelter, to provide the food on a basic level, to provide clothing on a basic level, these are the basic requirements of him. If he can afford it, and despite being able to afford it, he provides a two by two. He can afford something ten times better, but he's is providing one two by two. And as far as the meals are concerned, just for the sake of expression, we will say one by one. But he can afford better and that's the level, he, so now when he's questioned about it, he says but is it first to provide more than this? Which either of the Qur'an Sharif says it's first more than this? He says well it might, that technical discussion of whether it's first or wajib or mustahab, all that aside, the bottom line is from what you are, how you are conducting yourself. It is evident that you are devoid of love. You are devoid of love, and the other person can't afford it. Also, he sometimes still ha- somehow putting some scraping things together to buy that present. On top of that, he is wrapping it too. Whereas the object is what is inside. The object is all outside. The wrapping is going to get torn and thrown away. But he is wrapping it in a very nice way too. On top of that, he is putting one rose also. One person put the rose, somebody praised him, mashallah, what a beautiful rose. He said, no, I am hoping that the thorn does his job. <laughs> so sometimes the whole purpose is something else. So in any case, what is the lesson in this is, that many things in life are not just confined and restricted to what is the basic requirement, what is the first. We go in day-to-day life beyond the, we go beyond mustahab also. To go and put that rose is not mustahab also. We do it out of love. So Allah wa ta'ala, who is our creator, who is our sustainer, who is our nourisher, and besides the five salah, we forget him the whole day. And in that five salah also, we still think you everything outside. So where is the zikr, and where is the remembrance of the beloved? And then the mamulat, and our tasbihat, and our tilawat, we just got no time. We got no time for the beloved. I did my job, five o'clock time, Shaila Skati now is gone. And as far as beyond that, I got no time. Everything is now, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to do anything beyond what is the basic requirement. Like that employee leaving the, now the employer says, Wait, there's a little bit more to do. I got no time now. My time is up. I'm going. So a person who has that rapt with Allah Ta'ala, that link with Allah Ta'ala, now he's not confining himself to just what's farz and asking is this farz or not. He wants to do the best he can. And he wants to do the most he can. And after all he's doing it for who? He himself is going to be the one that benefits out of it. Allah Ta'ala doesn't benefit. This is the thing in the whole thing. That the more he does, he is the one who receives. Outwardly it seems sometimes, that this is how it will come. Via this double effort of dunya and whatever else. But Allah Ta'ala's nizam and system is very different. Sometimes in a very simple way, a person earns something in a very halal way. Nothing can compare with it, no matter how much more a person may earn. In a way that's not completely kosher. Hazrat Maula Yaqub Nanotwi Rahmatullahi, he was Ustad of Hazrat Ma'ashavalli Thanvi Rahmatullahi, and his rahmatullah Rahmatullahi perhaps praised somebody more than him. He was extremely fond of him, and he mentioned one incident of his, so he says that there was one person who used to live in Joban. Abdullah Shah was his name, very simple poor person. And his job was he used to go out in the jungle and cut grass, some particular kind of grass perhaps which people used to use for whatever their needs were. Now grass is grass after all. So he used to come with that grass daily and that grass used to be sold for that very minimal amount. For our understanding of that time, something like 10 cents. So that whole bundle of grass, that too I think 10 cents in real value is too much compared to that. So for understanding 10 cents, then his normal Tartibas, but that 10 cents was the standard, all that grass would get sold for 10 cents. Out of the 10 cents, one quarter, two and a half cents in our understanding now, he will give in Sabka. And that other balance, the seven and a half that's left now, he spend it on his daily needs, and that too was on a very basic level. So one day he said to us, my Yakunanho that look, I want to invite you people for a meal, but that is beyond me. So this little bit of money I've saved over the days, you all cook your own meal and have it. So he gave this few coins. Hazrat Qasim Rahmatullah was present, few others were around. So they decided, well, somebody should now do the necessary, cook this pot and feed everybody. Whoever is present now, he's given it for you. So they passed on this duty to Hazrat Ma Yaqub Nanutvi Rahmatullah You cook this, meaning you get the arrangements made. So, in any case, now this money that was there was just a little bit. So they could just purchase some rice and add some kind of, as we know, it's a sweet rice. Just, and it was just to that much, that about half a dozen people that were there, each one managed to get two morsels, two lukmas only. But he, he knew the value of these coins. So to start off with, he even when and bought, of his own accord, bought one new pot and then the person who was doing the actual cooking told him to make wuzu first and come and then they boiled this little bit of rice and added that gur they have in india something to sweeten it and became that sweet rice and now everybody ate just that two lukmas that's all was available two, two lukmas each and he says that as that morsel went down the throat each one felt like his whole heart lit up and he's all that, that happiness that he didn't feel in his whole life, he felt. And the effect of that lasted for a long time that there was such an enthusiasm towards righteousness. That these two lukmas, each one of them, experienced the same effect of these two lukmas. Now this was that effort of the total halal earning, two lukmas. And it brought, besides other things, it brought happiness. Happiness doesn't come from the things itself. It comes from what Allah Ta'ala puts in it. And Allah Ta'ala put the happiness in it, depending on what we put into it. How we got it, what was our effort in it, in terms of the earning the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. So, this zikr, when it was done, now this person was a very simple person, but very pious person, earning that halal living, that effect of his zikr, that effect of his rapt with Allah Ta'ala, the effect of his connection and talluq with Allah Ta'ala, that was the effect in that wealth. That was the effect in those two, two muscles each one had. And that was the happiness that came in their hearts. This time of the year, everybody is trying to make themselves happy. In some artificial way. Some exotic holiday and some this and that and the other. Within the limits of Shariat and Deen, somebody is taking a small break, there is no issue with that, provided it is well within the limits of Sharia. But the bottom line is everybody's trying to make himself happy. But how many times it happens that that holiday becomes the biggest musibat for so many people. The whole life turns around negatively after that holiday. That whole holiday became the worst situation in their lives. Now they went out to become happy, what happened? So much of money spent and everything and something just went hey why, why, why that. So that itself can't give happiness. Happiness is not in scenery. There's no harm in seeing the scenery. In fact, to see it with the eye that brings the recognition of Allah Ta'ala. This is the creation of Allah Ta'ala. Then that also becomes Ibadat. But that itself doesn't give happiness. Happiness will come from Allah Ta'ala. أَلَا بِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ innul qulub With the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, the hearts get peace. And when there is kamil zikr, there'll be kamil itminan. When there's complete and perfect zikr, complete state of remembrance of Allah ta'ala, then there'll be complete itminan and peace and tranquility. And when there's naqis zikr, then there'll be naqis itminan. When there's a deficient remembrance, then the itminan and peace and tranquility will also be deficient. To the extent a person is going cut corners, so he's going to get deprived of the benefit of those corners. And that might affect everything also. So this is toba, the second level. To make tawbah from ghaflat, from heedlessness, and come to zikr. The remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. That all the time a person is fulfilling that requirement of the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And then the third level of tawah is, At-tawbah minal ghaflati al hudur. At-tawbah minal ghaibati al hudur. The crux of this is, that a person is forever conscious of Allah Ta'ala also. Many a times a person is in the state of verbal zikr but he is far away from the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. A person is performing salah, but he is in a shop. A person is performing salah, but he is scoring gold somewhere. And a person is in his salah, and Allah knows best sometimes he is in the in the midst of his salah, he is in haram. In the midst of his salah, his head is in sajda, and his heart is in zina. So that is also not zikr in any reality. So this ghaflat, ila al-hudur, the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. And this requires the constant inspection of the heart. Is there any infection in this heart? Are The infections of all the various vices, the lusts, infection of pride, of malice, and of all the other evils. So if these infections are coming in, to make that effort to cleanse it, remove it. So when a person has made tawbah from all this, now he's fulfilled the requirement of toba any case that first level is the basic level without this toba is incomplete at-tawba min al ila ta'ah but then nobody wants to remain on the basic level in anything in life he doesn't want to drive a basic car if he can have a better one he doesn't want to live in a basic house if he can have a better one he doesn't want to eat basic food if he can eat something more better so everything else in life you want better but when it comes to deen then the basic is also not even place, and that too is good enough for us. So now we need to progress from there to the next level and make an effort to come from at-tawbatu min al-ghaflati ila zikr, from ghaflat to come to zikr to the remembrance of Allah Taala, and from there to come to the even greater level of making taubah ghaybat ila hudur to come to the consciousness of Allah Taala forever. Allah Taala give all of us the tawfiq. Wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.